Hello, I'm Brad Spencer, and welcome back to The Faith Connection. I want to begin a a new series, short series here, entitled A Word from God. I've often said that just one word from God can absolutely change your life. Just one word. One simple word from God. Now, in, in our Bible, we have two different types of a word from God. Number one, um, is the logos? This is called the logos, which is the written word, from, uh, written word of God. You can certainly find a word from God in here. In fact, how are you ever going to get a promise manifested in your life from the Lord if you don't know what's in the book? So don't, we don't need to be foolish. We need to understand what the will of God is, and this is the will of God, the Word of God. So certainly there's nothing greater than the Word of God. What we have here recorded are things that God has said, but not everything that God has said. You know, God still talks, you know, just because he wrote 66 books and they're all bestsellers, hallelujah. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have anything else to say. I've written a few books myself, but you know, I've said a whole lot more than what's contained in a few books. Well, the same is true with God. So we have another Greek word that's called rhema. And rhema means a spoken word. So we got the written word and we've got a spoken word. Well, why do we have two? Well, one has to be measured by the other. See, you would never want to hear something and it not be in agreement with the written word. See, God can speak to you uh, in your spirit. That's how he speaks. Jesus said in John 10, 10, my sheep hear my voice, so he still has a voice. There are things in the Logos and the written word that you couldn't go find. Like, for instance, do I go witness to my neighbor? Well, generally, it says go into all the world and preach the gospel, but it doesn't say anything about your neighbor or your neighbor's address. But you'd certainly want to hear something from God. might be the wrong time to witness to your neighbor. You don't know what your neighbor's dealing with. So, often God will just speak right into our spirit, but Any spoken word that we receive has to be in agreement with the written word. And if it isn't, I'd get rid of it. Excuse me. I can't tell you how many times down through the years people have come to me and they've had a dream, they've had a vision, they've heard something on the inside and and they'd tell me about it and they'd say, well, what do you think? Some cases I'd say, well, I, I can tell you right now that's not of God. Or what do you mean it's not of God? And now I begin to quote scripture to them. That, and the scripture was contrary to what, what they had. And I'll never forget one lady looked at me one time. It was on a Wednesday night after the service. And, and she said, well, Bible or no Bible, I'm sticking with my word. And I said, well, you just go right ahead and stick with it. And uh, it didn't work out for her. You know, there was one man felt like he had a call on his life and and he went to his pastor and his pastor tried to tell him, well, you know, don't you're not ready to just step out full time in ministry now. The call of God is, first of all, a, a call of separation where you have preparation before you're separated unto the calling. And so the pastor couldn't get him to understand that. So he just immediately jumped out and tried to establish himself in full time ministry and quit his job, and the next thing you know, they took his car, and after he lost the car, it wasn't long until he lost the house, 
And he had his wife and his children out living in a tent in a park simply because <clears throat> he had gotten a word, and but he wasn't open to any real sound wisdom. So sometimes a word can damage somebody's life and there should always be confirmation to a word that's spoken. And that's just good wisdom. You don't want to just jump out there half-cocked and destroy your life. Um, you, want to, you want to have everything confirmed before you do. So there's two kinds of words, the spoken word and the written word. So definitely, we love the logos. It stands as confirmation to anything that could be said, and a spoken word from God will always be in agreement with his written word. Otherwise, he would be imposed to himself. And he would never do that whatsoever. All right. I want to talk to us a little bit about uh, the life of Joseph, uh, who became the supply sergeant of the world. Joseph. You know, in Genesis 37, he, he said to his parents and his brothers, listen to this dream he announced. We were out in a field tying up bundles of grain. My bundle rose up. Then your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before it. He kept having all of these dreams about himself being exalted. And I guess he was comfortable in doing that because his father, Israel, was guilty of favoritism. He favored Joseph over his other sons. And we ought never to do that where our children are concerned. It'll cause the other children to have animosity toward the favored child. And, and not only that, some things we just need to learn to keep to ourselves. And everything that we get from God, whether it's a dream, whether it's a vision, whether it's a word that he speaks into our spirit, we need to ask the when, the where, and the how. When do we reveal this? Where do we reveal this? And how do we reveal this? And so clearly, uh, Joseph was immature and so he was constant. Even his father rebukes him one time over sharing these dreams that he keeps having. But he keeps getting something from God. And see, that word will just absolutely change your life. But first, how many of you know there was conflict? Trouble came as a result of these words to his brother said, you know, we're going to dig a pit and we're going to kill him. His father had given him a, a coat. It was made of many colors, and he loved that coat. They took the coat and dipped it in blood, and after they threw him in the pit, and they told their father that uh, a beast had gored him and he had died, but uh, they didn't kill him. They sold him off to a caravan. And, you know, here he's got this word from God. Everybody's going to bow down. Uh, on the ground and, and bow before him, but it doesn't look like it's going in that direction. Sometimes life doesn't take you in the direction that you want to go. Sometimes life has some challenges. God never said life would be easy. He just said you could do it with him. But sometimes things come up. Trouble comes. Bad things can come to good people, but it doesn't requires to give up that word that we've got from God. It doesn't, it's not time to give up the dream that we have on the inside. 
Hold on to the dream. Hold on to the word that you've got from God. Because if you'll hold fast to it, you'll see that that word will come to pass in spite of the trouble, in spite of the bad, in spite of the challenging times that you go through. So I'll tell you what it looks like. Joseph is going in entirely the wrong direction. <clears throat> All right. How many of you know he was sold to Potiphar? But he began to prosper at Potiphar's house. And everything that he did, he, uh, he caused prosperity to come to Potiphar's house. And he ran the whole household. But now Potiphar's wife is want, wanting to have relations with him. And he refused that. But she reaches and grabbed him and, and his, his outer garments, she kept it, uh, showed it to Potiphar. Well, he has Joseph put into the king's prison. Not just any prison, but the king's or the Pharaoh's prison. Again, it looks like things are going in the wrong direction. He's got this word from God, and it's a good word, but he, he, he was sold as a slave into Potiphar's house. Now Potiphar has had him placed into Pharaoh's prison, and it just doesn't look good. Don't give up on your word. Don't give up on your dream. I want us to look in uh, Psalm 105, and we're going to begin reading in verse 14. <clears throat> Psalm 105, verse 14. He permitted no man to oppose them, and he reproved kings for their sakes. Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. And he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons until the time that his word, notice that, underline that, underscore it, whatever you do in your Bible, came to pass. Until the time that his word came to pass. Oh, I tell you what, I'm glad Joseph didn't give up on it. He did indeed become second in command in authority over all the land of Egypt. And at that time, that moment, Egypt was the superpower of the world. And Joseph became the supply sergeant of the world. And uh, you know about a dream. He interprets a dream. And because of that, he is brought before the Pharaoh. And, and the dream that Pharaoh had, God was telling them, you got seven years of plenty coming, followed by seven years of famine. And the severity of the famine is going to be so great, you won't even remember the years of plenty. And so Joseph gathered up great abundance of food and grain from all over their conquered territories and they stored it up for the seven years of famine and he learned to rule from the second chariot but let's go back to this they afflicted his feet with fetters he himself was laid in irons until the day that his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him the king sent and released him, the, rulers of, the ruler of peoples, and set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions. Man, I tell you what, Joseph, in a moment of time, saw the fulfillment of a word that God had given to him. 
and he went from being a prisoner to ruling over all the possessions of Pharaoh and the land of Egypt and being the supply sergeant of the world. But now I want to read verse 18 and 19 out of the Amplified. His feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in chains of iron. His soul entered into the iron. You see what the Amplified brings out there? His soul entered into the iron until his word to, the, to his cruel brothers came true until the word of the Lord tried, which means fused or dissolved and tested or melted within him. You know, there was a time his very soul, this life that is produced by these wonderful human bodies that God has given unto us, our minds, our wills, and our emotions just entered into the iron. I mean, that's, that's how desperate things had become because it looked like that word from God would never be fulfilled. But it will. God's word cannot fail. It will never fail. It will always, it will surely come to pass just as God said it would. But you just got to stick to it. And thank God Joseph stuck to it, even though his soul entered in to the irons around his feet. He still hung on to that word. He still hung on to that word. And in one moment of time, you see, he, he probably never imagined how it would come to pass. <clears throat> and how many of you know his brothers, they came looking for grain and they got down and bowed before him too. So the dream that he had, or dreams, shall I say, they all came to pass and the word was fulfilled. Probably not like Joseph thought it would, but it, I mean, that's God's part. Let God do it any way that he wants to. All right, go with me, if you would, over to the book of Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah cha chapter 50 and verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. I mean, just a word. See, we can give a word of God to someone and change their life. It's not just about changing our life. It's about being a willing vessel and being able to speak a word that's going to minister to somebody. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. And that's how you hear things. You got to listen. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, that I know I shall not be ashamed. But now, we can all take part in this verse or reference here. But specifically, this is being spoken of concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal word personified. God had given him a word. What was that word? He had the authority to lay his life down and to take it back up again. 
But now, if you're facing death, remember in that garden of Gethsemane, he prayed till he sweated drops of blood. Now that's intense communication. And he, he said, Lord, if it's any other way to do this, let's please do it. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Surely there's got to be some way then for me to be spit on and receive 39 lashes, to be beaten, to be unrecognizable as a man, to be shamed, to be humiliated, to be nailed to a cross. Surely there's got to be a way to do this apart from going through all this pain and suffering. But nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Now, it's one thing to know that you, you're going to be required to lay down your life, but the word is you have the power to take it back up again. But think about that when you're facing death. Is that going to work? That's when you just simply have to trust God. You have to trust His Word. He's the eternal Word. He knows the Word has never failed. And who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. That's right. You know what? He did it. And He decided to go from that tearful experience in, in the Garden of Gethsemane to one of great joy, and he became our great redeemer. He laid his life down for us, but glory to God. He took it back up again for the Holy Ghost of God, resurrected him, raised him front from the dead in front of all the cohorts of hell. And now he's our King of kings and our Lord of lords. And he himself, the eternal word, had a word from the Father. That if he'd lay his life down, he'd be able to take it back up again. And now you can have that same eternal life. I want you to say a simple prayer with me. If you've never been saved, you, then your name's not in the Lamb's Book of Life, but we can get it in there right now. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I repent of my sin. The times I have rejected Jesus. The times that I've failed you. I thank you that my sin is now under the blood. And today I believe on Jesus. I confess Jesus as my Savior. And I call for salvation. Come now, Father, save me. Cause me to be born again. And I want to thank you that from this moment forward, I am now saved and living eternally, never to die spiritually again. Thank you for saving me. Well, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you're in the book. You're in the book. You're now born again. We want you to let us know that. You can go to hisimageministries.faith and you can email us. Please let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to rejoice with you. Share in that joy not trying to get something from you. We just want to praise God with you and know what's going on in your life. And I do want to invite you to His Image Ministries here in Hickory, North Carolina. Church Alive is worth a drive. And we've got a lot to offer you. So we want you to be our guest and come and visit us, you and your whole family. And i tell you what, you'll be glad you did. There's a lot you're going to learn. You're going to learn how to win in life and how to overcome as you walk by faith. Well, time has slipped away from us once again. Just remember, like always, we're here to help you 
Make your faith connection today.